Always and forever. Always and forever. Name that movie, Regan. Shut up. <laughs> Hutch, name that movie. I don't know that movie. Oh my Always god. That... Forever? Ryan? It sounded like the Joker there, dude, but I don't know. <sighs> Welcome to Just the Talk. A fantasy football podcast with your tippers, Matt. Dispatch. These are just our tips, so take them easy, take them hard. It's up to you. Right, the tagless Haynes. Most bizarre Haynes brief I've that, that there's ever been. And Matt, I or Regan. Yeah, I hear you, and I definitely would take the shot on it because you'd be dumb not to. Coming to you from the heart of New England. Get ready to take some tips. And welcome into Just a Tip, a fantasy football podcast. We are your tippers, Mac Fat Bidge, Ryan the Tagless Haynes. How you doing, Ryan? I'm doing good, man. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Doing pretty well. Uh, yeah, we got hear. Matt, IR Regan. Regan, are you hanging in there? You look a little bit tired. Uh, a little sleepy. The, also, the angle of the lights does not help the bags under my eyes. So, what are you going to do? <laughs> yeah, they look pretty extensive tonight. So, extensive <laughs> tips and extensive bags from you tonight. I like it. Uh, and the answer to that quiz question was Napoleon Dynamite. Kept oh. this thing in his vows to La Fonda. <laughs> Grow Hutch. Hutch, our special guest tonight, former teammate, Hutch the Clutch, got our first championship in semi-pro, certified hunk, Thor, because of his big hammer. He's going to be bringing that hammer and tip to us, Milnier tip. (laughs) Hutch, how you doing tonight? Doing great. I didn't didn't deserve half of those uh, compliments right there, but I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, guys. Yeah, you Rack up the accolades on that. Not so much in fantasy football, but we'll have you on for for the other stuff, though. And it came around. (laughs) I usually do. Uh, We are recording June 21st, 2022. We are going to get into our AFC East breakdown. So Hutch, a diehard Patriot fan. If you're watching on YouTube, you can check out his Butler jersey. The one that he wore in the Super Bowl against the Seahawks. Is that right, Hutch? No, just autographed. That uh, one would be way too expensive. Are you kidding me? That one's probably <laughs> in the Hall of Fame somewhere. That's one. Of, that's a big highlight. I wonder if he – did he give that away? I wouldn't. It's probably sitting in that Toyota <laughs> truck Tom Brady gave him. The <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, but, yeah, we're going to break down Patriots, Jets, Miami, and Buffalo and talk about some players, highlight some. Uh, some other ones that you probably haven't heard on other podcasts, which I don't know why you're listening to any other ones besides us. You can find us on Apple, Spotify, Google, and Amazon. Rate and review where you can. Watch us on YouTube. Just a tip. A fantasy football podcast. Subscribe, like, download the episode, share tips with your friends and family. And enough of that. Ryan, tip-off question for us. What do you got? Yeah, so this this question was raised to me this week, and this is, do you think Jahan Dotson can take over as wide receiver one in Washington as early as this year? 
Uh, Jahan Dotson, remind us where he came from. He's the rookie. Rookie, Penn State, first-round pick. Mm -hmm. uh, so the person I was talking to, they had referenced draft capital, and they said that because Jahan Dotson was a first-round pick versus Terry McLaurin, who was a third-round pick, that they think Jahan Dotson's going to be used more either even or more so than Terry McLaurin this year and could surpass mm -hmm. him. I could see it happening, especially with uh, Terry McLaurin missing some time to connect with Wentz. Uh, could be some valuable time that he's losing, but uh, too early to tell right now. I think it's a I, definite possibility because uh, McLaurin's not around. Dotson's making great uh, you know, strides with their new quarterback uh, in Wentz, so there's no strings tied to McLaurin and Wentz being anything, so... Uh, Dotson, the, the the word is that he's being, well, well impressing everyone and making a good connection. So it's, well, it's, it's right there. He, he's athletic. He's an athletic uh, wide receiver, and it looks like he's going to be a guy that's able to uh, get open regardless of the situation. So uh, with that offensive line, I see Wentz trying to get rid of the ball either quick or in a scramble drill, and the athletes always prevail when that's the circumstance. So uh, I do think that's a possibility for sure. I think this is a good example of training camp hype. And hmm. I, I don't – I'm not I'm not 100% convinced yet, and, and partly because I haven't seen really much of Jahan Dotson dating back to his Penn State days. But if you have uh, a, a Pro Bowl talent on your team like Terry McLaurin, it's going to be so hard not to rely on that guy. And he is also a freak athlete. So this will be interesting to see because Dotson is gaining a lot of hype right now, and I don't know how that's going to affect uh, redraft drafts coming up in August. So we'll, we'll have to see. Don't sleep on Diami Brown either. Oh, I'm sleeping, baby. <laughs> He's a deep sleeper. Real deep. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, deep because uh, I'm in a dynasty draft right now. Yeah. Uh, wait till like the 20th pick that you can It was take. a joke. <laughs> <laughs> How is that dynasty league going for you, Regan? You know, it started last Tuesday, so it's been a full week, and we're on round 10. Round 10. Wow. That's not that's good. pretty good. <laughs> It's pretty. It's not looking good for me though. I uh, I don't no know. Block draft. Uh, you'll have to post it on our uh, socials so people can check it out, see what your progress is right now. Just a tip, FFP. Give us a follow. We'd much appreciate it. Interact with us. Let us know who you are, what you're struggling with, how much you like Hutch over Regan. We can get rid of Regan, bring in Hutch, something <laughs> like that. That's fine. Fine with me at this point. Use an app. I'm only kidding. Uh, all right, Ryan, off season, but there is a bit of news. Sweet sassy molassy. Ryan Haynes, yeah. what is in your briefs? So biggest piece of news coming out of today is Rob Gronkowski is retiring once again. <laughs> again. So the big the big question, I'm gonna send this to Hutch. Hutch, do you think this is finally it for Gronk? This is the end. I mean, his agent's already floating it out there that late in the season, after a couple injuries, Tom Brady gives him a call. He's he's going to be training. He's going to be ready to go. The fact that if you enter retirement with your agent flat out saying like, but I wouldn't close the door just yet. It's like, OK, you know, Brady's agent did the same exact thing. I mean, it is what it is. The day of. Yeah, day of, you know, he'll be back. 
Agreed. keeping his keeping his options open. That's all he's doing here. So that yeah, must be nice to be like, yeah, I'm only going to work. I might work and I might not work. We'll, we'll see. <laughs> I don't know. He was the WWE 24 hour champ. I mean, <laughs> he's just living up to his, his title right there. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, next bit of news. Hold on. Matt, did you have, did you have yeah, anything on Gronk? One little thing. Uh, those people dropping them in dynasty right now. Stop doing that. Idiots. <laughs> <laughs> and nope. Yeah. Dropping it works. Oh, there we go. <laughs> You're uh, searching for that. <laughs> no, I click. Yeah, I know. I'm struggling trying to multitask here. But yeah, 97% rostered right now. 3% short of what it should be with tight ends. What are you doing, people? Come on. Pick them back up. Uh, anyway, continue, Ryan. Yeah, I mean, he could be huge for that like second half uh, oh, run that you need. I we mean, this could certainly just are. be like. Yeah, and his history of injuries, I mean, it's it's perfect for Gronk if he is going to play again to just come back the second half of the season, go for another Super Bowl, and uh, see how that works out. So, Hutch, you are joining us because you want to, to vent a little bit about the Patriots. But first, we've mentioned it a few times on this podcast. Uh, we mentioned the ruck race that you're doing. How was that experience? Tell us a little about it yourself. How many fantasy championships do you have under your belt? All right, we'll first start with the fantasy championships. It is four, four total, uh, nice. two in, two in the last three years. Um, you know, mm. I'll, I'll get you guys in contact with the non-family league. Uh, <laughs> if I'm talking about the family league, then I'm, I'm 100. percent Meg's got oh, yeah. nothing on my fantasy drafts. Yeah, yeah, it just course. is what it is. Uh, okay, background: played college football, played at Mass Maritime, played D end. Um, went on, played with a club team internationally, Team USA. Uh, pretty good talent over there. Introduction to the to the European leagues, which was really neat. And then uh, played in the beer league football with our one and only Mac and, and Matt. It's uh, former teammates. I mean, it's very nice to say that Matt played, but you know he was there for moral support, <laughs> which was really it was really important over the years. You know, very good friend. Through, throughout it all. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the whole reason why I got involved with the Tongue Gladiators is, is Matt McCray. I grew up playing football with him. And mm. he, subsequently, he's the one that got me in, interested in the, the ruck race. So what it was is a charity event for uh, Heroes in Transition, which is a local uh, charitable group for um, heroes that are transitioning back from the military life to local life. And the what started off as just a challenge to from a buddy who's talking shit uh, really led into learning more about an organization and become more and more impressed with what they do. Um, their mission, the the whole organization was started by a, a woman whose son was killed in action, a Marine aviator, um, who had a dream of trying to help soldiers transition out. Um, and that really started her movement, her passion, and she doesn't want it to get too big. Um, she looks at an area she wants to help local community she doesn't want it to grow and become an organization that has too much overhead and and humans get lost in in the in the wash it's it's a a true 
opens the door to anyone that needs help in hand or opens their phone to anyone who wants to call. Um, and the stuff that they do is really impressive, whether it's retreats for couples. So it, it's opened out to spouses as well. Um, they do PTSD uh, trainings, with, whether it's equestrine or just therapy or uh, hunting uh, trips. They, they fund pretty much anything uh, that they think is going to help someone. Um, the amount of, of uh, service dogs that they end up uh, providing to uh, any veterans, I think it was something like 13 or 14 this past year, which I don't know if, if you guys are familiar with the, that process, but it can take a good amount of time mm-hmm. and time that a lot of the people don't have. So uh, I can't speak higher enough uh, about the Heroes in Transition organization, which is really neat. And thank you guys for the, the donation uh, that contributed to uh, the fundraising that went into keeping that organization going. So I really appreciate that. Uh, the race itself, it sucked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was... It was 220 miles uh, stuffed oh. in, a, in a van where it's a team of eight. You're running every seventh leg. Every leg is anywhere between two to four miles, um, and it's nonstop. And you're carrying a 20-pound pack on your back the entire time. The pack is meant to be symbolic of the weight that, that soldiers carry when they come back home, regardless of their circumstance. Um, some people wore more. Um, some people decided to make it harder. Our, our team decided to make it harder because our van was not uh, uh, properly fitted for larger gentlemen. Uh, two, two of my good buddies, Josh Wheeler and Kristen Tino, they ended up uh, joining in last minute. Uh, and they're larger people, so three large people in a small van trying to sleep just doesn't work out. But uh, great group yeah, of guys, that, great team. That's why I didn't do it. Yeah, it's yeah just, that's right. Not, just, not enough room. Didn't work out. <laughs> <laughs> But it was great. Uh, of the 13 teams that started the race, uh, only four finished, and we were one of the four. So wow. I take a lot of pride in that. Uh, it it was a lot tougher. You know, getting out and doing the miles is one thing, but doing it sleep-deprived and nutrition-deprived, like I had no idea that you were actually supposed to eat through this thing. So having like candy <laughs> bars and bananas <laughs> and drinking water, yeah. <laughs> I should have Googled something. <laughs> but <laughs> but Our at the end of the very day, own... Our very own David Goggins just going into it without even knowing hey. what he's getting into. So that's hey, awesome. Stay hard. Man. Stay hard, brother. Stay hard. <laughs> uh, great book. Can't hurt me. If you guys want to read that, Can't tap read. into our leftovers real quick. Uh, yeah, you do read. Come on. You got time. Regan. Uh, no, that's I'm great. always surprised you know how to read, Mac. I know. There's Audio pictures. books. This picture ah, and that's what it is. you, can, li- you yeah. can listen to it nowadays <laughs> yeah that's true that's true uh but yeah thank you very much hutch uh we would not be able to do it so we appreciate guys like you that do that kind of stuff and heroes in transition check them out on facebook i'll put a link in the description if you guys want to check them out support them when you can even just liking and sharing some posts that they do uh it goes a long way uh be much appreciated and with that, guys, let us get into our AFC East breakdown. Now. Come, let us gingerly touch our tips. Maybe we'll get there. All right. Uh, before we actually do that, Regan, I want to let you know we got a sponsor. Oh, what up? Uh, we got a sponsor, our very first sponsor on this podcast. It's beer. I was going to say, Hutch does not have that much money. <laughs> <laughs> nope. 
just regular beer, sometimes citrusy, sometimes bitter, mm. sometimes hoppy, but it's refreshing. Open up a cold one and listen to this podcast. <laughs> I like it. You threw me so, off. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> we're going to get, uh, get the worst out of the way in this division. No, not Miami. Hutch. Uh, New York Jets, four and thirteen in two thousand twenty-one, fourth in the AFC East. So they had some key fantasy additions: Garrett Wilson, Brees Hall, Michael Carter, uh, CJ Uzama. Michael Carter, not Michael Carter. Where was where is that coming? Whoops. Uh, Tyler Conklin and CJ Uzama at tight end there, and then Brees Hall and Garrett Wilson, the rookies they drafted. You can go check them out. In our episode eight and nine, our running back in wide receiver outlook. So we will highlight some players, and I have the honors of my bold prediction rookie of the year pick last year. Uh, just get it out of the way. Uh, right, last last time we mentioned that, right? Right. Uh, Zach Wilson. <laughs> okay, QB thirty last year. Uh, that was in standard format, but we're going to go off of PPR. Ratings, uh, four points per passing touchdown. So he did miss six, uh, four games due to injury. Rather, he only threw nine touchdowns, but he had four rushing touchdowns. Ryan, he did all right. <laughs> all right, so we're going out to fantasypros.com. He's currently ranked all the way up to 25th QB, man. So looking up some offseason talk from some writers there, he's bulked up. He's gone from 208 pounds to 221 pounds. So when that's the highlight of their offseason, it's pretty sad. So for a quarterback, uh, yes, uh, not having the best camp and they haven't even put pads on. So uh, but on the brighter side, Makai Becton and George Fant are competing for the left tackle job. So hopefully if uh, Becton's not getting done, Fant can uh, they also got the reinforcements, like I said, Conklin, Usama, and Brees Hall. So, like I was saying last year with them, they really want to establish that run game, get the play action going, so that would play into his strengths. So, there's nothing stat-wise that I'm going to bore you with during this episode. You're not going to draft him. <laughs> but you should keep an eye out for him. Uh, or draft, if you like, a backup quarterback just to see how they pan out. If you're into that sort of thing, would you guys – Take Zach Wilson over Justin Fields. Regan? Never. Okay. No from Just Ryan. Yeah. Hutch, what about you? I'm a double no for two no. reasons. One, being a Patriots fan, I just can't have him on my roster. And two, <laughs> yeah, you look at a, a young QB who's incredibly talented but has one of the lowest-ranked offensive lines in the league. That's a recipe for like failure. He'll he's gonna have a shorter career than he should, unfortunately. Oh, don't say that. Uh, <laughs> I'm going. I'm going all in on that one. Speaking of short careers, Jared Goff, would you take him over Zach Wilson for fantasy right now? Yes. yes. Yeah. Okay. I would not. But what about a Pittsburgh starter, Hutch? Whoever starts at Pittsburgh, they got some good weapons. Some not so good weapons, kind of like the Jets. So I'm just trying to give you examples that way. Would you rather Pickett, Trubisky, or Wilson? 
man, just all those small hands. It's hard. <laughs> it's hard to choose between everyone with all those small hands. Uh, to be honest, I think I think they're going to be conservative in Pittsburgh. So just from uh, uh, trusting a coaching staff a little bit more on what they're going to do with the quarterback, Najee Harris, I think, is an excellent running back. Um, their offensive line, they invested in a little bit. So that's going to be a run-heavy offense to begin with. And he's got really talented receivers. I mean, Claypool top three in the league apparently but <laughs> he, he, even at it even being the third in his own rotation you know it's still solid targets good tight ends um so just from the the standpoint of putting a quarterback in a position where he's going to protect the ball instead of checking it up he's not going to have the same mistakes and and the pressure that wilson had where i mean i think what was it 11 interceptions and nine touchdowns over the course of the season and just getting yep. beat up the entire year so for that reason I'll, I, I would take a pick qb over him just for that reason alone four interceptions against the pats in one game i mean seeing ghosts the, the pats like to to beat up on bad qbs yeah that's about all they have going for them all right so Point is, you're not taking Wilson or these QBs <laughs> that we discussed right there as your starter. Just keep an eye on them because they do have some uh, potential weapons that could have some fancy value. So maybe they'll translate for the quarterback like this guy for Regan. Who are you talking about, Regan? Oh, yeah, another guy you're not going to draft. Uh, Corey Davis, <laughs> uh, wide receiver 69 how, 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 uh, for 2021. Um Guys, it's it's really simple. He's projected right now at wide receiver 61 off the board for 2022. Uh, he did miss, uh, I believe, nine games last year. He only had two games over 20. But, guys, it, literally looking on Fantasy Pros, looking at his stats, um, his graph uh, through this season was absolutely horrid. It looked like a Christmas tree the way it went. Up above 10, down below zero. Up above 20, down below zero. It was absurd and very, very um, inconsistent. So that being said, now that he has literally the most, um, what do you call it, like uh, competition in general with Moore and Wilson there now, and even with the running back, uh, it, it's not looking good for him. And then obviously if Wilson's struggle busting still, uh, I'm all set here, a hundred percent. Corey Davis, I think he is talented. I think he has what it takes to be, you know, a decent wide receiver three on the season, but not with this team. There's just too much uh, competition going forward. More, especially, is going to take away from him, and he, it's just going to be too inconsistent. You're not going to want to have him on your roster. You trying to pick the weeks that he's going to do well is going to kill you and probably lose your league. Yeah, the, the volume for this team across the board is a, is a concern. And then you, you mix that in with, with possibly some poor quarterback play from Zach Wilson. And uh, it's just it's just not the best situation. I do think Corey Davis is a guy this year. You know, last year we're kind of thinking, like, should we drop him? Should we keep him? Should we drop him? Should we keep him? I don't think you're going to run into that problem this year. It's more of, like, watch him on the waiver wire, uh, see if he's going to be worth spot starting. He did have a really good connection with Zach Wilson in the preseason last year. Uh, so one, don't let that fool you if it happens again. And two, just know that there might be something in the season that that could lead to some consistency. And uh, yeah, barring an injury from one of these receivers, I'm kind of staying away from this this whole receiving room. No, good call. Noted. 
Yeah, I agree yeah, so, with you, Ryan. I mean, keeping an eye on the waiver wire, maybe picking them up when you need to, um, especially on a good matchup. And if he's healthy, that that's certainly uh, an athlete that can have a really good game that's going to put you over the edge, give you the 10, 12, 14 points that you need to win a game. But uh, relying on them is is not realistic, unfortunately. Yeah, and, and that kind of brings me to this next guy here with Elijah Moore. Uh, somebody that I wish I could rely on more. He was wide receiver 50 in 2021, uh, missed six games. Uh, this year, ADP 76. Uh, yeah, 12.6 <laughs> fantasy points per game. I mean, he had flashes, right? So he had three games with 20-plus oh, yeah. points. Uh, but those three games with 20-plus points were, were uh, a little skewed. Corey Davis was missing some time. Uh, Josh Johnson was his quarterback in one game. They were down 28-10 to 10 at half to the Colts, so they were just airing it out. Uh, Flacco had a big game against Miami. Uh, and then the only game that he actually had with Zach Wilson where, where everybody was fully healthy is he had one 20 plus game there. But, uh, I mean, when you're, when you're throwing Garrett Wilson into the mix, you're bringing in Brees Hall who Brees Hall, they're going to try to, they're going to try to establish the run, uh, a little bit more. And he's also a very good pass catcher. We've talked about him a lot and Michael Carter's still there. He's a very good pass catcher. There are just too many receivers across the board and Zach Wilson's probably only going to be throwing the ball. What? 27, 28 times per game. So again, there's better value where you're going to be picking these guys. If you're looking at Elijah Moore around him, Adam Thielen, Hunter Renfro, Tyler Lockett, Juju Smith Schuster. I'm picking any of those guys over Elijah Moore there. Mm-hmm. Agreed. All right. It's the Jets, guys. It's the Jets. It, it, that's what I was saying. Getting rid of the worst uh, first here. Oh, the next one's not that much better. Real quick, real quick, quick though. Excuse me on Elijah Moore. He he was showing a lot of promise. Like you said, those twenty point games. He had a thirteen point game too, but then he had a twenty nine point six in Week Eleven that Miami game you're talking about. But then missing the last five games due to injury, like who knows? He could have been that Amon Ross St. Brown guy that you got late, mm-hmm. uh, late in the season. But yeah, you're not excited. Double digit rounds, okay, take a shot on him. But like you said, there's much better potential where you can get him at his ADP right now. So definitely agree on that. I think you could target him right around round nine. That's where Traylon mm-hmm. Burks is, Robert Woods, Drake London. He's comparable to those guys. And we've seen how late a rookie will get going. Uh, Justin Jefferson, you had to wait four weeks. Amon Ross St. Brown, you had to wait 11 weeks for last year. So you might want to go with more instead of that Traylon Burks guy or Garrett Wilson. We'll see. Keep an eye out. Does he have as does he have asthma? Oof, I don't Burks think does. so. <laughs> okay, good. Uh all right. Anything else on the Jets or we spent way too long on them? Way too long. Jump to the next shitty team. All right. I will. Uh let's get this one over with real quick. Miami Dolphins. They got Tyree Kill in a big trade. Chase Edmonds, their first free agent signing at running back, Roheem Mostert and Sony Michelle. At running back as well than Cedric the Entertainer Wilson. So hmm. you're catching a theme here. The running game, it's gonna be similar to the 49ers offense. Uh Mike McDaniel coming over from 
OC with the 49ers. Uh, Mike Shanahan, disciple. So whichever running back becomes a lead back, they're going to burn hot real quick, but they won't last longer than I do with Regan's mom. So <laughs> Jalen Waddle, though, is probably the brightest spot for his ADP on this team at 41. Uh, he had 140 targets last year. So a lot of people are saying Tyreek Hill is going to take a lot away from him. I really don't think he's going to take a lot. They have that Bama connection, him and Tua, that is, Waddle. And it might come down to like 120, 115, but I think they might be more quality. So hear me out. Waddles, yards per target last year was 7.25. Yards per catch, just under 10. Not good. But if you get a more offensive-minded coach instead of Brian Flores and you get Mike McDaniel in there who wants to create opportunities for these playmakers, which Waddle is a playmaker. Like Devo Samuel, his yards per target with Jimmy G throwing him the ball. Come on, I'm taking Waddle over Jimmy G. Uh, taking uh, Tua over Jimmy. I was G. like, what? <laughs> yeah, definitely Waddle. Sponsored by beer. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> <Waddle>. <laughs> but anyway, Devo Samuel yards per target, eleven point seven yards per catch, eighteen point two five. So I'm betting that. The offense is going to open up more. Uh, can you press space bar one more time? Thank you. Uh, <laughs> stop clicking the dock. Damn it. Do it all. I can't see my notes. Uh, with Tyreek Hill opening up the field for him, too, there's a 25th ranked offense. They're only going to go up from there. Mm. I'd love to draft him where he's at right now. If you're in the 10th spot in the draft, you get your hero running back, then a wide receiver as your wide receiver one, and then Waddle as your wide receiver two. I'm loving that right where his ADP is at. So is Waddle the best guy to draft on this team, Ryan? No, I still think it's Tyreek Hill just based off mm-hmm. of pr- production and, and you know, his past. But Take I think ADP right. like, into account, though. That's what I'm saying. Like, would you rather – Better value for sure. Okay. Um, yes. I also think you're probably spot on with the targets there. And I do think he has a higher catch rate. So, uh, yeah, I think I, I don't disagree with what you're saying by any means. The ceiling's higher for Tyree Kill, though, which we'll get into in a bit. But yeah, I, I mean, I would say so. Tyree Kill, if, if, he's, if he's reaching his ceiling, then you're, he's winning you matchups single handedly. Mm. Hutch, you said that you love Waddle. What are your thoughts on him? I do love Waddle and the offensive system that he's going to be running in really tailors to his strengths, uh, especially with with the way that they're going to try to run it. What seems like very similar to San Francisco that has a low ranking offense line now, not as bad as Miami's. I think they're ranked like 22nd, yeah. but I, I project the ball getting out of the hands quick, uh, quick screens, quick outs, um, even turning that into wheels where I see. Not to take away from Waddle, but Tyreek Hill, I see him doing those kind of routes where you're faking the the quick game but going north. That's going to have uh, his, his catches in quantity of catches to go up significantly, and then yards after the catch are going to go up, in my opinion. They're going to try to get guys in space. They want to get athletes the ball in space as much as possible and try to play to a quarterback strength, which is in two is not 
not throwing the ball down the down the field. So I think Waddle is going to really shine, and I think a lot of people are going to jump on Hill. Um, you know, chase that that shiny new toy that that this guy has, and teams are going to game plan against him, and it's just going to open Waddle up that much more. He's a decoy. Mm. Regan, you think Tyree kills a decoy? What do you got on him? You know, the, the only thing I have to say against that, Hutch, because I totally agree, it's just the money. The amount of money and draft picks that they gave up to get this guy, I just can't see them not using him uh, probably too much. But needless to say, let's just get into it real quick. Tyreek Hill, wide receiver six last year, being projected as wide receiver seven um, on the draft board this year. So really hasn't budged. And last year, surprisingly, he had the most receptions and targets that he's had in his career. Uh, 111, 111 receptions for 159 targets. I was very surprised by that. It's also also seeing those numbers. It's funny because his a dot, so the average depth of target, and a few other things also dropped. So he had so much more work, yet everything kind of just uh, diminished compared. Not diminished, but just you know, it it went down. So, uh, in general, the elephant in the room is he's playing with Tua now, not Mahomes. Obviously, <laughs> big difference. And, uh, Tua, he's not known for his deep throws. He's not known for his deep accurate throws. And that's what scares me. How many times have we seen Patrick Mahomes get in a pinch and just launch it up? Tyreek Hill grabs it and runs for 60 yards for a touchdown. Those are always those games that you always drafted him for, those big boom games. Uh, his ceiling was always the highest, probably of any player in fantasy. Um, that being said, I think his ceiling absolutely plummets being part of Miami. Um, he definitely will be getting his work. Like I said, he could, you know, the concept of being the Debo Samuels of Miami is definitely not out of, you know, a possibilities. It definitely could happen. Um, but I just, it, it scares me. The, um, Big plays are not going to be there for him, and you're, you're really just big on his catches and his work. And like I said, like I was talking with Hutch, he's only going to get that work because they paid so much for him. Uh, Mac, you're smiling, and I don't like it. Uh, what do you have to say? Uh, they really invested in their offensive line uh, this offseason with Connor Williams at left guard and left tackle, Teron Armstead. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I know Hutch is saying they have a crappy old line, but that was last year. Things are going to be different this year. They got that zone running game. Yes, zone running game. And Tua is one of the most accurate quarterbacks out there right now. But we're not talking about Tua. But I'm just talking about the offensive line. He's going to have more time. If you watch last year, he was rushed, I think, 30th most out of any quarterback in the league. Or pressured, excuse me. Mm -hmm. And you, you can't throw the deep ball if you have no time to throw. So I think just something under the radar, that offensive line is really going to help them out in the passing game. Tyreek Hill, yeah, uh, top 10 wide receiver. I think, I, I think I'm with Mac here too. I, I really like Hill this season for, for uh, a couple of different reasons. But when you think about volume, you're always looking for guys who are going to be the primary targets and don't have a lot of competition. And you're also looking for the for the stars who coaches are going to game plan to get them the ball. I think Tyreek Hill is the latter. I think they're going to draw up plays and get him involved in the game plan each week. Uh, so I think he's going to get his targets. He's going to get his catches. 
I don't know if he's going to have that same that that same big playability that he had yeah. with Mahomes, but I think you probably see some more wide receiver screens. I think you start seeing some more slant passes. I think you start seeing them finding ways to get him involved more. I mean, he does a lot of like the, the gadgetry stuff. He did a lot of that in Kansas City. So we'll see. I think Tyreek Hill, where he is now, he's ADP overall is 19. That's what, mid to late second round. I'm more comfortable taking him early to mid third round if he drops. <laughs> he won't. You know, because you're in half our leagues. Cool. That's right. <laughs> uh, Hutch, you don't like Hill. I don't like his character. I, I don't respect his game. All, all things around Tyreek Hill, I'm I'm just out on. I mean, the fact that he's losing, he leaves the team, and he's talking trash about Pat Mahomes and how he's underutilized. You know, if he thought it was underutilized, but it had his highest targets number of targets in a in a season i mean what kind of mayhem is he going to bring to a young qb like i agree that they're probably going to use him the way that you guys are saying i think he's going to get frustrated because that's not the game that he wants to play um and i think he's going to be more of a distraction than he is a a net positive for that team which is a shame because year over year that team has i don't want to say overperformed but overperformed uh and i'm excited that he's on uh, on the Miami Dolphins this season because Bill Belichick actually plays well against him in particular. So I like the yeah. matchup. When New England had good defensive backs, which is a thing of Shut the past. Shut we'll, we'll get to that. <laughs> we got right. the Butler back. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah, I don't think he could take a walker out onto the field, though. Uh, Ryan, <laughs> Ryan, who do you got? Yeah, I got Chase Edmonds. I'll go through him real quick. Uh, his ADP this year is, is 92. He finished as running back 34 last year. So his projection right now is right around running back 35. Uh, so right about the same. Missed five games last year. But the thing the thing I'm thinking at right here with Edmonds is that he's likely going to be the lead back. Uh, Mostert's health is always in question. Gaskin's buried on the depth chart now. Sony's a year older. He's got a ton of miles on him. Uh, and the running backs around Edmonds right now, Rashad Penny, Tony Pollard, Devin Singletary, uh, Corderell Patterson. Uh, so I think Chase Edmonds, Chase Edmonds lines up with, with any of those guys. Uh, but where his ADP is now mid round seven, I think that's good value right there. I think it's spot on. Uh, I think late round six, you can justify that, but anywhere in round seven market value round eight, you're getting good value. Yeah, I like it. I like it. They, uh, the offense that they're de developing, the zone running, it, playing to his strength. It's not run between the tackles, straight up the middle. That's not for him. So, like you are saying with Tyreek Hill with the screen game, I think Edmonds is going to get that. So, yeah, a good wide receiver, wide receiver, running back three, flex play. Pick your spots with them. And would you rather have Devin Singletary at 78 or 82 or whatever that is, or Chase Edmonds at 92? Uh We'll talk about Buffalo in a bit, but That's I'd rather right. take I'd rather take a running back from a team that I know is trying to run the ball and get the running backs involved. <laughs> <laughs> Other than Buffalo, so unlike Buffalo, rather, Hutch, what do you think? I think Ryan nailed it. I mean, even looking at him from from a ownership standpoint, it's just kind of like eh. 
Like he's a good player. Uh, I I think that he's he is exactly what we're seeing. So taking him late, taking him as a flex, I'm not trying to rely on him any more than no. you know what he's already shown for production. Absolutely. Yeah, it's a good ADP spot. Yeah. Regan, anything? I hate Miami. No, <laughs> uh, I agree with you. I'm a I'm a little nervous though because you know he's always been known as the receiving back. And his carries are very minuscule compared. So I'm just curious on how they use him in general. I just feel like Mostert's going to get most of the runs, and he's going to be out there for pass plays. I don't know how you guys feel about that. Most hurt. <laughs> hey, Pokey. Yeah. Most hurt will uh, will only be there for like three weeks, so you don't have to worry about him. It's true. <laughs> okay. There, man. All right. Uh, the worst team in the. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Second worst team in the division, New England Patriots, ten and seven last year, huh. um, stumbling into the playoffs and then getting their ass kicked. Not making the Buffalo Bills punt once in the playoffs. <sighs> that was no one could, huh? It was windy. <laughs> no, no one no, could punt the playoff game, bro. Come Shit. on. <laughs> it was kind of no. windy that game too. It was yeah, a little yeah, bit windy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but but that it's real awesome. wind game. That was that was a thing of booty, a booty thing of beauty. <laughs> that was, that was I need intense. to stop drinking. It was, a, uh, it was a thing of booty for the the Bills fans, that's for sure. That's right. That was brutal. It was great. That run clinic, that was great. I, I got off a few times. Devontae Parker, little Jordan Humphrey, Tyquan Thornton. They drafted a wide receiver, Pierre Strong, and Kevin Harris, the running backs that they drafted. All right, Hutch, you wanted to come on. Because you hate the Patriots now. What? Tell me. Tell me. Bro, what are your thoughts? No, no. I th- I don't think I've been this frustrated with the Patriots in a long time. You know, I, we're we're talking about the goat, Bill Belichick. His his tagline is "Do your job," and for the first time in a long time, I can't. I don't think any coach in that room can tell you what their job is right now. Their offense, they're handing over an offense to two failed head coaches. Not, and it's not like they failed gracefully. It was two arrogant dickheads who just embarrassed two premier organizations you know as and i'm being kind to detroit when i say okay (laughs) one of the original teams in that year over year is just trying to find their way out but needless to say you go into those kind of markets and embarrass yourself that way and then you come back with your tail between your legs and what you're going to start from scratch i mean patricia has been coaching the old line and calling some plays in some in some uh, otas and then you got joe judge that is coaching qbs and doing the same thing so it, it's really unclear on what the direction is right now and, and you're really putting this in front of a bunch of of young players like mac jones in his second year uh yes sir durant on the offensive line you know stevenson he's another young running back who you know, it's just trying to make his way through. And then you add in rookies, Trey Nixon, uh, Cole Strange, and, and of course, the long snapper, Ross Reeder. You can't leave him out. <laughs> but it, needless to say, that those guys are coming into a program for the first time. They don't know how things are supposed to run. Either Bill Belichick is, is really going to be relying on uh, veteran leadership to, to make sure that everything stays straight, or he's way more involved than they're putting out right now. I can't imagine, I can't imagine any team as long as we've been Patriot or fans in general of the game that doesn't have clear roles in off- 
offensive coordinator, defense coordinator, whether it's the head coach calling the plays or or not, it, it's really something else. And quite frankly, I don't like the head coach calling plays to begin with. Like I, I love Andy Reid. Mm-hmm. I think he's one of the best coaches to, to ever play the game or be involved with the game. But I mean, it took a lot of tries with with Philadelphia, you know, making it to X amount of NFC championship games straight. And then he goes to Kansas City. It took him a lot of tries and it really took the right formula for him to actually be successful. I don't think a head coach calling the plays is the right deal. So I'm interested to see how things move forward, but I haven't doubted the team like this since the 2010 draft. And with that being said, that's when they got Gronk and Hernandez. So I, I do keep that in mind where this might be some master's full like production that I just don't understand. Now, with that being said, in the offseason, you've seen a lot of reports about Mac Jones coming in with leadership and really taking control of everything. So regardless of who's calling plays, he's running the show. So that that keeps me pretty, uh, pretty content considering he's getting a lot of his guys back year over year. I know you guys are going to talk about Hunter Henry, but he's he's one of the key guys that he really relied on the red zone um, and he's been practicing his, his deep ball. And it sounds like it's getting better and better as time goes on. So the guys like Trey Nixon that he brought on and Aguilar, I really hope Aguilar actually produces for the amount that he's being paid. But th- those are guys that I would, I would hope to see production from considering some of the reports that we see coming out. And then on top of it, they are always going to have a top 10 offensive line and they've invested in the running game pretty heavily. So you know, I handed over the keys in a sophomore season to a QB with almost no other leadership. I feel like this is a sink or swim type of, of formula. So that's that's the Hutch's rant on, on the Patriots this year. I'm excited as a Patriots fan. It's It got a little boring with Brady winning all of those championships. Guarantee you're going to be in the fight. Now, now it's a little more interesting. How the hell are they going to do it? Well, love it. You, sir, are a mouthful. Yep. And my wife says the same thing. Uh, Let's try to set it up. She has a small mouth, by the way. That's what she said. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That was a lot right there. I don't think we have time to break down the Patriots anymore. But, uh, yeah, I don't think they're going to be a top 10 offensive line there. You did mention the tight end. Yeah, don't draft him. What were we going to say, Ryan? You want have anything rebuttal? To- no, I thought I thought Hutch was spot on, man. I'm I'm yeah. also very concerned about this Joe Judge situation. I mean, this is the same guy who I think uh, the Giants were losing by what, like two touchdowns at the at his own three yard line, and he ran Sneak. three cute quarterback sneaks and then punted the ball. It's like this guy is not he does not strike me as uh, an innovator on the offensive offensive side of the ball. So we'll, uh, they- we'll see what happens. He fired Freddie Kitchens because they're averaging 11 points per game. And then when he took over, they're averaging nine points per game. So, yeah, they had a competition, Patricia and Joe Judge, on who's calling the offensive plays. And Mac Jones even said that he's teaching Judge the playbook. They're learning together. That is terrible for a QB in his second year. They are going to suck. The winner of the competition was Mac Jones. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. Seriously. Regan, you well, got Mac anything Jones, to say? Yeah. Oops, go ahead, go Hutch. Ahead. No, 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 you go ahead, Hutch. Well, Mac Jones was uh, teaching Bill O'Brien the offensive playbook right before he won the national championship with Alabama. I mean, it's true. Hey, who knows? There you go. <laughs> yeah, same. I like uh, it. I know Alabama's offense is a little bit different than NFL offense, but hey. All right, 
So if you want a boring tight end, you drafted the right guy in Hunter Henry. Uh, <laughs> you can bet your sweet tip that uh, they'll be forcing it to John Smith when he gets involved and he's healthy. The offense, they paid him more money. So when they're both healthy, what's worse than a split running back field? A split end. Tight end. Shut up. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. So he isn't all that bad. He tied Mark Andrews for the most red zone touchdowns with nine on the season, but he only finished in the top 12 of tight ends seven weeks out of the season last year and scored out of the top 12. When he did that, he was 18th or lower. Don't draft him. Take a chance on Pat Fryermuth at 102, Mike Kosicki at 105, or Noah Fant and Cole Kement if you punt on tight end altogether in the 130s. If you waited to round 10 to grab a tight end, then you're too late to the party. You might as well just take a chance on a guy that's the number one tight end on a team, even if it's a lesser offense. Uh, I'm not drafting Hunter Henry. Negatory. Anybody have anything to say worth a note? I think he's I mean, worth the, a late draft. He's, yeah, he's absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. Second tight end off the board. A backup. I mean, it, if anyone else has uh, a significant other that has a fantasy football league that is drafted specifically off of looks, <laughs> then he would be a first round draft. Pick. That, is, <laughs> that is one handsome man right there. Are you kidding me? He's too pretty. Come on. I mean, yeah. Yeah. So it was, uh, was it Decker? Decker was, was a beautiful oh. man. I draft him first round every time. Big Dick Decker. <laughs> That's right. That was my name for a while. It was. Why'd it change? Why? It's not in the league anymore. I'll bring it back. I'll punch Thor Hammer. I like that better than a big dick Decker. Hey, look, I'm drink, drinking your cup. Look at that. Thor. I was right. Look at that. All right. Up. Regan, Mac Jones, what do you got on? Oh, him? man. So I think we all can kind of talk about this in general as a talking point, but Mac Jones, obviously, QB 18 last year, ranked 24 going into this year at Fantasy Pros. Um, very consistent on a short game, as we said. Uh, but he only, <laughs> when I say short game, is literally really short. His average depth of target was uh, eight yards. Um, that being said, he was very good at it. Uh, so, okay. like, like uh, Hutch said, uh, the main focus is working on his long game. And I also heard the same thing, uh, Hutch, that it's actually getting better. They are definitely working on it. And this is awesome. This is huge. They, they got weapons like Devontae Parker, and then they drafted uh, Taekwon Thornton to help out. Thornton definitely is a speedster, so I'd love to see him in this longer route and Aguilar as well. So um, I'm excited to see that, but, you know, that's really not the main problem when it comes to the Patriots. It's not the the players, even though it's sometimes it seems like they don't go out and get them. It's really – it's it's the run game. The run game is dominant in New England. And always has been, always will be. And that's fine with me. It works out. Um, but it makes the QB more of a game manager and not a, you know, a game, you know, blowing out great plays and stuff like that. They're really just, you know, the middleman in between runs and dropping it off eight yards a bunch of times really helps. I'm really hoping that, you know, Bill you know, lets him go or whatever. But we saw this, how this works out with, you know, old Tommy boy and uh, let him really get his uh, uh, feet wet into the NFL. And 
he look what he became. I I see so much promise with Mac Jones. I just don't want to get too hyped up, but he looks so good. Is everything? Uh, Mac, stop smiling. You pissed me he's off. not fantasy relevant. And he's not the next Tom Brady. What are no. you talking about? Come on. No, he's not. He's not. And I totally agree with you. This is literally strictly from a, a player standpoint, just looking at his stats. That being said, if he works on this deep throw, I think he connected on 42% of all his deep throws last year. Not very good, but not that bad. If he can get that above 50%, we're looking at something. Uh, a lot more boom plays with this offense. Um, that's when you start seeing a, a fantasy QB actually be relevant, um, especially uh, on his second year, sophomore year. So uh, I'll, I'll throw it to you, Ryan. Go ahead. I agree with everything you're saying. I do think we tend to lean on the on the run. I would say that is with exception to having Tom Brady for 20 seasons because we were a very pass-heavy offense for that time. But when Tom Brady was out, Matt Castle, we depended on the run. Look, Corey when, Brady, Dillon, when Brady was suspended, we yeah. were heavy on the run. I wouldn't say we were heavy on the run with Dylan, but I would say that we did utilize him a lot. He scored a lot of touchdowns. He's very fantasy-relevant. Uh, same thing with Blount. Same thing with Damian Harris last year. Uh, so Lawrence Maroney, yeah. come on. Lawrence, yeah, great. Yep. <laughs> that was the worst. End of the episode. We don't have to talk anymore. Yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> but I'll... Deleted podcast now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maroney, Michelle, not, not the best yeah. uh, stretch there. But, uh, yeah, I mean, we can touch on this guy, Devontae Parker. I, I think he... I think he's going to make a big difference with us this year. I mean, we're talking about a guy who was wide receiver. Uh, he was, he was ranked top 12 over top 12 wide receiver. I'm sorry. Uh, in 2019, 1200 yards receiving nine touchdowns. If he can even get close to that. So think like his, his 2020 season where he was like right around wide receiver two, wide receiver three. If we can get that kind of production, I think it's great for the Patriots. I think it's great for fantasy. Uh, I think if he were able to kind of get to a ceiling, which I'm projecting to be kind of that wide receiver three, uh, low end wide receiver three option. If you're getting that in the 11th, 12th, 13th round, I mean, that that's a steal and that's a realistic ceiling. Like that's where he can be if he gets back to where he was in 2020. Um, I don't see why he can't do that. I love the talent that they're actually throwing out there now. And it's not like Kem. Kendrell Tompkins and all these no-name guys that were like, who the hell is this guy? Even though he had that great catch uh, in the New Orleans game that I left like an idiot. Kendrell Tompkins, uh, yeah. That yeah, but you got to think of like <laughs> right. um, but just in general, like the names that they actually have out there, they're actually helping this kid out. Uh, if they could just get him a coach, you know, offensive coordinator, we'll be all set. Yeah, Hutch. yeah. Just some big important pieces. Yep, that's all they need. Shut up, you piece of shit. I, was I do like uh, seeing the veteran guys really kind of cater to the system. So you, you see someone like Aguilar that it did a lot more in the blocking game than he was given credit to for. So something like that. I think something similar is going to happen with, with Parker, who is a, a very talented wide receiver, always beat the shit out of the Patriots. So I, I have a little respect for him for, for that alone. Um, but it, he's a guy that is definitely a mid-level receiver. So you got guys that are going to take top off. You have guys that like it short. He's able to go deep or be that mid-range wide receiver that I think is going to be fantastic after everything's laid out. 
Lovely. My All immaturity's right. getting to me. You said going deep and stuff. I just lost it. Anyway. <laughs> I was wondering why you're laughing. I'm like, did I stutter or something? Nope, nope. It's a great drop. I'm going to have to cut that out and use it one day. Uh, yeah, you're welcome. Trading you Devontae Parker from Miami. Have fun with him. Uh, Corey Davis or Devontae Parker? Parker. 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 Yeah, same. All right. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Buffalo Bills, sure, yep, first in the AFC East for the next 10 years. Uh, they added Jamison Crowder. Oof, look at that. Oh, man. Regan, help me out with this name. <laughs> Fuck you. <yeah. laughs> Khalil Shakir. Yeah, close enough. James Cook, OJ Howard at tight end. James Cook was the rookie running back that they got. Love him. Uh, good pass catching back, so... You would take him over Singletary and Moss, Ryan? Yep. Take a chance on him? No. No. I would definitely take Singletary over James Cook. Mm. All right. We'll have to discuss yeah. that later on. Get to your point there. But real quick, Gabriel Davis, you might have noticed his playoff performance where he had five touchdowns of the playoffs in two games. But he did have a nice flash towards the end of the regular season with four touchdowns in three games. Then that damn C-word popped up uh, and taking him out of the game and taking him out of his rhythm. Hopefully, you played McKenzie instead of Gabriel Davis and you didn't leave him on your bench in week 16. (laughs) It was me. I I was the idiot. So, Flash Gabriel. The problem with him is that you see him quickly, then he's gone. Benefit, though, Cole Beasley is not there. Crowder is old, so I don't see him becoming much of a factor. They're also Buffalo Bills. They're top five offense all around in a weak-ass division. Crappy New England defense, crappy Jets defense. Miami, for some reason, cannot beat Buffalo Bills. They get their ass kicked every time for like six games in a row now, I think. So, yeah, Uh, it's pretty nice to have six games that are pretty easy. Pretty walkthroughs here, as long as it's not windy. So, he has all the potential in the world. Wide receiver 84 overall on his ADP as a wide receiver flex. Upside is huge. I'm taking him over Hopkins. His ADP is at 83 right now, or Allen Robinson at 71. Juju at 87. I'm going to take the chance with Gabriel Davis because I'm already going to have my starting three wide receivers by then. I'll take a shot on Gabriel Davis at four. For my fourth. Mm-hmm. Ryan, you're shaking your ass. No. Disagree. No. Nope. I'm taking every single one of those guys over Gabriel Davis. Well, you're Juju's going to miss out six games with Hopkins on a team with Pat Mahomes and uh, Hopkins. You're missing six games, but then you get him for the second half of the season. And he's going to be elite. Like he always is. I, I don't know. No, I'm, Juju. Not, I'm not on the Gabriel Davis train. Juju, number one option. Travis Kelsey is still there. And MVS they brought in as their burner. It's not Juju. Juju's going to be the target machine, man. Mm-mm. What do you think those those 150 targets from for Tyree Kill are going to go? Uh, not to, to MVS. Half of them to Travis Kelsey and half of them to MVS. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> MVS can't catch the ball. Oh, man. MVS my... is going to get the Byron Pringle targets. Ooh. That's gross. What about more? That's what I'm saying. Sky Moore. <laughs> Sky Moore as well. 
I think I'd rather take a shot take on Sky more way take later. Yeah. 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 All right. Let's make a bet. Season finish. Gabriel Davis is higher than Juju Smith-Schuster. Absolutely not. I'll take that bet every day of the week. All right. Awesome. Print that. Oh, crap. I got to write it down. <laughs> yep. <laughs> nah, don't worry got, about it. I, I got it. I'll write it down. I'm not messing with this. Losers Regan. going streaking. We're going to put it on TikTok. Nice. We just got to. Uh, nope. I have not agreed to that. You can't do large, that on TikTok. <laughs> you can't. You just get kicked off. <laughs> you can blur it out, right? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> A very small dot. All right. Regan, your guy. Tight end uh, special here. This would be really easy. Uh, Dawson Knox, guys. Don't draft him. Uh, he is going to be a streamer this year. Strictly a streamer. Uh, he's very touchdown dependent, as we saw last year. Six touchdowns last year. Great season, but still uh, tight end 11 at the end of the, end of the year. Um, as I always say, tight end 8 is the, is the cusp. And then after that, it's all streamers. So if you don't get one of the top 8, usually it's, you know, it's whatever hearsay but uh I, I believe hunter henry was actually pretty much tied with him for uh 11 and 10 so that just goes to show you that it's really touchdown dependent tight end uh work there mm-hmm. and they also got oj howard so i'm definitely expecting josh allen to throw a little a little bit more in general uh try to get the the team's probably going to try to get him to stop running and that's is the word out there running it as much uh definitely not a bad thing for a quarterback that's as athletic as him. But needless to say, having OJ there, having, uh, oh man, I'm blanking on the name, Jameson Crowder there now, James Cook. There's so many options. Uh, Stefan Diggs, as usual. I just don't see it happening as much. I, I definitely am fine with taking him late, exactly like we said, like the Hunter Henry. Grab him maybe as your second tight end if you can. Put him on the back burner. Uh, and if it works out, yes. But it's really nothing I want to draft, <laughs> especially as my number one. Just grab him off waivers when he's going to play the Patriots. Of those six touchdowns, <laughs> okay. I think five were against the Patriots. And I've never been more frustrated as a fan. It's like we're making this guy look like an all-world tight end, and he's just garbage. Not, no offense, yeah. of course, because he's playing the NFL and I'm sitting on a podcast. But <clears throat> nonetheless, <laughs> of those, like if you're going to do a spot pickup, it's going to be up against the Patriots because for whatever reason, he's the kryptonite. But other than that, I wouldn't take yep. him. I, he wouldn't even be on my roster. Him. It's, it's a very popular podcast in New England. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it, it pays nothing. A <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, sponsor? No, it, it, All right, it, it, it costs a lot. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ryan, who do you got to finish us off here? Yeah, Devin Singletary, running back 18 and 21. Uh, a lot of that can be contributed just to health, uh, and that happens with running backs a lot. If they stay healthy, they play 17 games. They tend to be in the top 24. Uh, ADP 81, projected to be running back 31 this year. Uh, you know, with James Cook in the mix – I definitely think he takes away a lot of the targets that Singletary is getting out of the backfield. I don't know what that's going to do to the amount of rushing attempts that Singletary has, but this just reads like they're going to use 
They're going to lean on Singletary for the first four or five games of the season. He's slowly going to lose opportunities as the season goes. And I'm really not going to want any part of this, this backfield whatsoever. Uh, last year was just too inconsistent. I mean, Zach Moss would come in, he'd have a couple of good games and then he'd be a healthy scratch and then Singletary would be on the back burner. And then, you know, Singletary would be the starter and he'd be the guy putting up the points. It's just, it's so unpredictable. And now you throw James Cook into the mix. I really don't want any of these guys, but I would take Singletary over Cook because at least I know that you're going to get four five, six games out of him. I don't know what you're getting from Cook by any stretch of the imagination. And that's my take on Singletary. I think right now he's projected to go around six. I'd probably wait for around eight or nine, see if he drops, and then maybe take a flyer on him as like my fourth running back. Yeah, that's the running back dead zone right at the end of the sixth there. I really just don't – not excited to take him there. But, yeah, if he drops, all right, I'll take a chance on him because he has shown some flashes. But they drafted James Cook for a reason. So uh, it's going to be interesting, interesting to see with the new offensive coordinator. Hutch, you got anything? Well, I mean, the Bills have another low-ranked uh, offensive line. Player football focus, I think, puts them at 20, which is two spots above uh, the Dolphins, just pointing that out. But <laughs> needless to say, they're – And you're showing they, that they don't know anything, pro football hey, focus. Get I mean, it, if, hey, man, if they knew, they would make millions on betting, not projecting, right? <laughs> but but either way, uh, I think we're going to see a lot. Uh, very, very similar to last year, you're going to see a pass-first offense. Um, and you're going to see a lot of injuries in the backfield. And, and usually that comes with a, a struggling offensive line. So I, I agree with you. Take a chance on him late late in the, in the draft. But other than that, um, he's not someone I'm jumping on to, to try to add to the team. Hmm. I love it. And hey. That's why I kind of like Cook a lot, just because of the dump-offs. I know Singletary gets the dump-offs, but later on in the season, uh, yeah. I'm looking for a Cook to kind of take over. Um just how it is in Buffalo. They don't run the ball. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I mean, cook might have better value throughout the whole season. I just don't, don't know what, what that's going to be and when that's going to happen. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think Singletary is like the perfect lesson for your draft strategy here, which means that at round six and on running backs are slim pickings. So get those running backs early. In my opinion, there's going to be plenty of depth at wide receiver. There's more depth at tight end this year than there has been in the past. Um, so yeah, I'm taking running backs early this year for sure. I'm willing to be wrong on Singletary. I'll find a better player elsewhere. I'm okay with that. Uh, Regan, you should make a bet. James Cook versus Singletary with Ryan. Come on. Don't be left out. I'm all set. All <laughs> right. I just, I just win fantasy leagues. Yeah. Oh. All right. Whatever. You won one this year. Big whoop. I won three. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> All right. Uh, Hutch, rank the division. Who do you think these guys are, these teams finish? How uh, do you think they finish? I think it's it's going to be pretty consistent. It's going to be Buffalo, Patriots, Miami, Jets. Ugh. Boring. I got I Buffalo, know. Miami. Buffalo, Miami, Jets, and New England tying in last place. Wow. Five minutes. That's cute. The reckoning's coming. We should bet that. Regan, rank them. 
Uh, Buffalo. Am I? So I'm, I'm putting New England second. Uh, Miami, <laughs> the Jets. But I think the Miami Patriots, that's going to be f- a fight for a second. Like, big time. Like, I kind of want to call it a draw. <laughs> Just a second, huh? Oh, okay. That's a win in a tiebreaker. I like it. Ryan, how about you? Uh, I've gone Buffalo. It pains me to say this, but I'm going Miami. And then I looked at the Pats schedule. I'm projecting probably somewhere in the realm of seven to eight wins. It's just Mm -hmm. a tough schedule this year. Uh, Yes, Miami has a tough schedule too. I think they're – Yeah, same schedule, just about. Just about, yeah. So it's the whole AFC East. They got got tough divisions to face. So – it's going to be interesting. Some fantasy value, though, in these uh, on these teams here in this division. So just got to get the right value. Nobody that's really screaming first-round pick, though, huh? Josh Allen and Superflex. Dynasty, yep. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. We were talking redraft, standard PPR. Anyway, if you guys have made it to the end of this episode, we don't know why you did, but thank you very much for <laughs> listening. Uh, thank you very much for Hutch for joining us, uh, giving us his input, his eye candy on the screen. Much appreciated. Mm. Uh, download the episode, rate, review us. Be much appreciated. Subscribe and share our tips with your friends and family. The leftovers, guys. Anybody have anything? The Hutch, the leftovers is us pulling something out of the fridge that we want to just share with the rest of the class. It could be about movies, any other sport, anything, something you're mad at book. I got one. If you guys want me to go first, uh, do you guys know what bent carrot is? No. Sounds like uh, you should go to the doctors. Uh, (laughs) Yes, you are. You are correct. So it's a TV ad for Xyloflex. Xyloflex. It's a, Promoting some awareness to Pyrone's disease. Ryan, do you know what that is? Nope. Why would he nope. know? <laughs> <laughs> just asking. I just learned this recently. Uh, it's a condition stemming from repeated injuries that leads to a significantly bent or curved penis. So that's what a bent carrot huh. advertises. Sounds like is. a Snapple fact. <laughs> <laughs> Could be. I would love to read that out of Snapple. I think right. I think Snapple is the sound that's made when you injure your penis. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> that was awful. <laughs> uh, look at that. All right, Regan, got anything? Uh two kids is hard. I did I mowed the lawn. What did I do? No, I got nothing. <laughs> I don't watch TV. <laughs> Hutch, what Something's about you? Kill me. Yeah, uh-huh. I didn't want to bring it up. I didn't want to bring it up, Regan. I didn't want to hurt your feelings. But yeah, they <sighs> sucked, huh? We live in New England. We have to talk about it. People want to hear it. Right. Did you want to vent about it or no? They just didn't show uh, up. I don't know. Hutch, you have something better to talk about? I was just going <laughs> to have you say, have your pets spayed and neutered. Go with an old classic. <laughs> oh. <laughs> kind of on the same. I mean, maybe not human beings be spayed and neutered, but it's kind of. Yeah, on I'm the same track that, as you. Know. <laughs> well, you already got two. Yeah. Check, please. <laughs> Ryan, how about you? Uh, bought a new house. Has Woo-hoo! a garage. I haven't oh. put anything in a garage since last Saturday with Max' mom. Oh. Jesus. <laughs>
You know, you can pick on wow. somebody else. Nope. I mean, Hutch, Hutch is here. Get talk about his mom instead. <laughs> I think it's talking about oh, his garage. Uh, <laughs> or his my, garage. My mom would beat you up more than I would. Yeah. Ooh. Thor's mom? I can't even imagine what that, that looks like. Wow. A witch. She's a very nice lady. <laughs> Jesus. Hey, <laughs> <congrats laughs> Ryan. That's awesome. Yeah, good job. Congrats to everybody but the Celtics because they suck. Thank you, Hutch. Good night. Thank you, buddy. Have a nice. nice night, guys. Well, Dak, here's the deal. I'm the best there is, plain and simple. I mean, I wake up in the morning, I piss excellence.